0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Living Waters Flowing. I am Nina Menace. I'm back with you. And it is so, so good to be back. Um, I've missed you all. I've missed you all. I did get your emails. um, I did get your messages. And yes, I took a break for a little while, had some important things to take care of moving, I have another job um, which is my second job, not a whole different job but it has been a busy busy time for me and exciting all at the same time but exhausting (laughs) so I appreciate each and every one of you just um, having patience with me because I understand that uh, you enjoy the word and Praise God. I give God all the glory, all the praise. And it's so wonderful to be back with you. Shout out to Queens of God. This is why I wait. Um, We are actually excited to uh, let you know that we are expanding. Now, Queens of God, this is why I wait was actually for just single women only. And I did not want to go past what God had originally spoke to me about the group but I knew that it was going to grow. And um, as of January 1st, we are opening it up to also married women. So married women of God and single women of God will be able to minister to both of you through the group. So I'm very, very excited about that. So um, that's all I needed to say about those things. I do want to jump into the word because it is very, very wordy. So if you have your Bibles You know, get your markers, get get your your notepads. Uh, God is going to speak to us through David today. So let's start with prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We glorify your name. We give you praise because of who you are, not only because of the many awesome and wonderful things you've done for us. You've protected us. You've kept us. You have healed us. You have delivered us. And you and some of us are still in the process of healing and deliverance. Lord God, I ask that you would speak to our souls today. Speak to our spirits. Lord, go beyond me and go beyond this podcast and just speak directly to each and every person listening. Let this word be tailor-made to speak to their heart. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your awakening. We thank you for everything that you're doing in us and through us, God. Lord, I surrender and I submit myself to you now. Lord, I surrender my tongue. I surrender everything about me to you, my thoughts. I throw them to the ground right now, God. And I ask God that you would just consume me, that you would speak through me your oracles, your words and not mine. Lord, I decrease and I ask that you increase. In the name of Jesus, God, have your way. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, um, let's go ahead and dive in. the um, The topic today is going to be um, your awakening. The enemy is intimidated by you. Let me say that again, and I want you to really grab this: your awakening. The enemy is intimidated by you. He doesn't want you to know who you are, but I'm not going to jump ahead of myself. Let me go ahead and let's dive into the word. Let's go first Samuel 16, First Samuel, chapter 16, and this is going to speak of um, the prophet Samuel, whom the Lord have been using. Um, in a mighty way to direct his people to speak through him to his people, um, he appointed Saul because the people of God wanted a physical, um, tangible king, um, just like all the other nations. So God allowed them to have Saul as a king, and he was disobedient. He took it upon himself to do only what God was able to do and only who he designated these things to be done through. If you, um, if you read back in um, Samuel 14-15, you will see where Samuel had to go off from the people. And when he came back, he was going to sacrifice unto the Lord. Well, um, Saul took it upon himself to do it because the people were pressuring him. He wanted to people-please. And so, in doing so, he lost the kingdom. The Lord had already set aside David as his replacement, as, as someone he's going to choose as king. And so, right now in Samuel 1 first, first Samuel 16, we're going to pick up from there, and we're going to start with verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. Verse 4. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, "Do you come in peace?" Samuel replied, "Yes, in peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the come to the sacrifice with me." Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons. And invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eli- Eliab, excuse me, and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinab, Abinadab, excuse me, and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, "The Lord has not chosen this one either." Jesse then had Shemiah Shem, excuse me, y'all, pass by, and Samuel said, "Nor." Has the Lord chosen this one? Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all your son, all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramiah. Ama. David's... oh, okay, let me stop there. Okay, so as you can see, in this particular chapter, we see that God literally chose uh, David right before everyone. And the thing is, uh, Jesse didn't even think so much of this son to invite him to the sacrifice. Didn't even think enough to say, you know what, David needs to be here. He's one of my sons. He needs to be here. But he thought so little of him that he didn't even invite him. He just kept him out on the field, tending the sheep, doing what he does. He he underestimated him. I mean, just from the very start, he was like, okay. I know that one of these sons, because they look the part, they act the part, they have, um, they have what seems to be a princely presence about them. So the the father, Jesse, had already sized David up as someone that could not possibly carry the anointing of a king. Could not possibly do it. He was out. He was a sheep herder. He, 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 um, sit out with the sheep all day, singing and writing and, and praising God and worshiping God and and doing his own thing. David was like that. He was, he was out there tending the sheep. He was doing his own thing. He was worshiping God. He was, he was after God in, in so many different ways. And, and even in the way he tended the sheep. Even in the way that he protected them from harm, he did so with an anointing upon his life, which only proved to prepare him for who he was going to be. So that goes for us too. A lot of people underestimate us. They'll they'll just put us in a box and say, oh, that's that's just Mary. Oh, that's just John. Oh, that's just um, whoever. Um they, you know, that what they'll size you up by what you do. Oh, they just, you know, they they just uh work at the store up the street. Or they just work in marketing or they just they just do customer service. You know, that's that's all they're about. There's really nothing extravagant about them. Or they could size you up by your downfalls. Oh, psh- Oh, you see you see John over there? Okay, yeah. He's he's the crackhead. He's the he's the alcoholic. He's the homosexual. He's the he's the one that that nobody really can trust because he's a manipulator and he's a liar and he's a cheat and he's he's someone that that, you know, is caught up in all these sins and all the sexual sin and all of these things that that would make anyone cringe and, and and they talking like they ain't got nothing wrong with them but anyway <laughs> but people will put you in this box according to your shortcomings according to what it is that you represent in your day-to-day life like for me for instance i'm i'm a person that is mostly introverted i have extroverted moments <laughs> And I forgot what they call a person that does that, a person who is introverted and have extroverted moments. I forgot. So if anyone can figure that out, send me a message, send me an email, let me know, because I know it's a word for it. It's something verted. I don't know. But anyway, so with me being so quiet and so gentle natured, People often put me in a box of, oh, she's not really, you know, she's not going to speak up. She's really not going to, you know, do much. She, she reads, she writes, she, um, she does her own thing. People do know that I'm, I'm pretty well strong minded and I, you ain't going to have me doing what I don't want to (laughs) do. So I'm not a naive person, but I am a person who stays to myself who observes a lot, and it's a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. So a lot of people put me in that box as somebody just being someone who's just really humble and sweet and just kind of, you know, won't bother anybody, not out to hurt anybody or get anyone, just somebody who's just kind of, you know, just real nice, real nice person. But they never see that which God has called me to be. So they sum me up as this person and they underestimate me, underestimate who God has called me to be. And as, as many of you, some of you go through the same thing. People underestimate you. Some people are very joyful and have a great and wonderful personality and and have a lot of jokes and like to laugh. And some people just kind of make a joke of you and say, oh, well, they're just good for laughs. They're just good for a good time. Uh, they they will make you laugh now. They, they will do that. But you really can't take them seriously. They, you know, they're just for a good time. And it's not true because God has something mighty and powerful for you to do. Also, there are some people who, Um, have been um, a victim and I say that a victim of drugs, a victim of alcoholism, a victim of mental illness. Um, Maybe some things happened in your life that have caused you to suffer mentally. And it has caused a lot of things in your health to come upon you. And some people will define you by that and limit you to say, Oh, yeah, they have the capacity to be something great. But right now, no, that that's all I see them as being is as, as being on drugs, being on alcohol. They really need to, you know, work on uh, getting rid of this stuff. And really, it's a, a healing that's needed. It's a deliverance that's needed. That's something that God can do easily, and with the blink of an eye, He can heal and deliver anyone and set them on course to where they are needing to go and be. There is a life on the other side of this. There's a life on the other side of what people say and think of you. What people say and think really holds no power. And let me tell you right now, I had to really be delivered through God's word, through him dealing with me personally, through the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, I used to just be so hung up on what people thought and said about me. I really did because I wanted people to think the best of me. I wanted to please people. Hello. I wanted to be looked upon in the correct way. It bothered me when people saw me as something evil or something um, that was not out that was completely out of my character. So I would really, you know, try to convince people of who I really am. And the Lord had to let me know that what people say and think of me is never going to be what my goal should be. It it shouldn't be to prove them wrong. It shouldn't be to prove who I am to them. My only job is to do the will of the Father. My only job is to live life the way He wants me to to exemplify his glory to the best of my ability to lay down my life before him and allow him to fill me with himself to the point where I'm overflowing onto the people. And that has been my prayer. And also, my prayer was to allow me to see myself the way God sees me. And that should be the prayer for many of you. Ask God to show you who you are in his eyes Because see, we can sit up and look at ourselves and we'll say, oh, you know, I have these shortcomings, I have that, I have this, I have that, I have so much I need to work on with myself. There's no way God can use me because I still do this. I still say that. I still curse. I still drink. I still smoke. I still, you know, all of these things that you may think that you are doing and that you want to change. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, It's good to take self-inventory of the things that we need to change and change them and lay them down if it's hurting or hindering you and your walk with God. But really and truly, he wants us to more so focus on who we really are in him. Because this is the thing. The more you see yourself, the way God sees you, the more these other things that you are are saying are an issue in your life or that is a bad habit or that you really need to stop doing and really need to get a grip on, those things start to be less appealing. Those things start not to to fit you anymore. It it, it, it feels foreign to you after a while to do those same things or, it's, or it seems ridiculous to do those things anymore. Um, so back to... Our, our text, I didn't got far off, Lord, have your way, <laughs> have your way, because I was not meaning to go there. But David, David was out in the field, he was tending the sheep, he did not, he was not looking to be chosen to do anything. I mean, think about it, he came in and probably was like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> But God chose him. God selected him to do his will, do his purpose. And he knew, God knew who David was at heart. He did not size him up by what he was doing. He did not limit him and say, no, I can't choose David as king because all he does is, all he knows how to do is tend the sheep and fight off the prey that try to attack them. And sing and write. That's all he knows to do. But God saw that each and everything that he done, that he did, actually exemplifies everything that the the ideal king, especially a king representing God, would need to lead his people. He knew he was a worshiper. He was a praiser. He gave God glory. He, he spoke to God. He had a relationship with God, He brought to Him His shortcomings. If you look through all of the Psalms, He brought His shortcomings to uh, God and would say, "Look, I'm I'm struggling in this area. God, help me." I mean, look throughout all the Scripture, especially Psalm Fifty One. He was confessing and he was he was asking God to give him a clean heart and renew a right spirit within him. He knew the things that he was sinful with, and he went directly to God. He didn't go to nobody else. He went to God. So God said, you know what? This is somebody that I can use. The, the heart of David was to please God. He made many mistakes. He made many mistakes as king. He made many mistakes. He, he allowed himself to be led off by his flesh to, to pursue Bathsheba and kill his, kill her husband so that he can have her. He did some really evil things, but God forgave him. God cleansed him. God knew the man that David was inherently. He knew that his heart was inherently good and that he could use him for his glory. And so all David had to do is get a firm grip on who he was, who God said he is, and begin to walk in it. He had to awaken to who he was. And because the enemy was intimidated by him, he threw all types of attacks at him and all types of, 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 of things with Saul because he didn't immediately become king after being anointed. He um, served under Saul, the present king at that time, and Saul saw the anointing on him and began to try to kill him. So in the next, because this is going to be a series, in the next part, we're going to speak on the different attacks that came upon uh, David because of the anointing that he carried on his life. So Um, I just wanted to start with this one. Next week, we're actually going to go into Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 17, and we're we're going to continue from there in the life of David. So let's pray right now. Um, I know that it's many of you out there that may feel the same way, may feel like, you know, things are coming up against you, that God is showing you that you are a mighty woman, man of God. But... Everything is coming up against you and the life that you're living is living in contrast and contrary to what God has showed you that you are and you feel hopeless and helpless that you will ever become that person. But the devil is a liar. He cannot have your life. God's hand is on your life. And let me tell you, a simple surrenderance to say these words and repeat after me if this is your heart's cry. God, I surrender. Lord, whatever it is you choose to do with my life, I surrender. Have your way in me. Take out any and everything in me that is not of you. Deliver me. Set me free. I just want you. In Jesus' name, I thank you and I praise you for transformation in my life. In Jesus' name. If any of you prayed that prayer, I ask that you email me at livingwatersflowingministries.com or through my uh, Facebook message. You can message me directly. I would love to know who you are and keep you in my prayers because I know this has been a battle. I know a lot of you who are, who God is speaking to about this has been up against some major, major challenges right now. And it's all has to do with the awakening. It's an awakening of who you are and it's shedding you from what you have been, the life that you have been the the identity that you've been living in that is not yours so i want to pray with you and i want to keep you on my prayer list because i love you and i want to make sure that you are doing and being the best that god has for you that he he wants for you so I want to end it now. I'm going to pick up next week. I promise you I'm going to be back. I'm not going to leave you all so long, but I will be back next week and we will continue this series in 1 Chronicles 17. I love each and every one of you. Until we speak again, may the living waters of God continue to flow in your life. God bless you and have a blessed week.